0: All right. You are listening to Nerdette Recaps, Game of Thrones with Peter Segel. I am Greta Johnson. I'm Tricia Bobita, and we are joined by Peter Segel. <laughs> I have
3: missed you so. I truly have. It has been too long, it's been this long since, delay. It
0: since has been June. a very long delay.
3: I know. I so missed this experience that I tried to uh, enlist my, and I hope you take this the right way, I, hope, I tried to enlist my dogs into recapping <laughs> television episodes with me. Uh oh. two dogs, and I said, okay, I said to one of the dogs, Didi, I said, you have to know everything about this. Oh, so okay. that's Trisha. And then I turned to the other dog, <laughs> whose name is Dutchie, and I said, you have to just hate it.
0: <laughs> good, it just, good. It just,
3: you know, they just sat there looking at me dumbly. It wasn't the same. Well, Not if you want pushback from I'll the turn pets. my
1: head inquisitively <laughs> occasionally when you talk.
3: <laughs> that's that usually help? Greta's job.
0: <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, okay, oh. so today we are talking about where we left off in season six in anticipation of the upcoming season seven, and we'll talk a little bit about predictions as well. It's also worth noting right off off the bat that we're going to use a new hashtag this year it's
3: so exciting
0: it is very exciting got nerd caps so if you want to carry on the conversation on the twitters with us or instagram or whatever
3: sure. use got nerd caps let's get it trending kids is that what you're supposed to say at moments like that uh, yeah
0: i think i think you got it Peter. thank you
3: thank you i'm trying <laughs> to speak like the youths, youths. you this
1: <laughs> you yeah. did in our finale from last uh season because you explained to Greta what shipping was. oh yeah I, I, totally really I remember that. that yes yeah. that was
3: exciting nor does she have teenage tell daughters. Me or just make to money. ship is to speculate, postulate uh, romantic relationships between fictional characters. Has, yeah. that, has that enhanced your life in any way? It in the abs- subsequent Of year? course it has, Peter. Absolutely. Have you taken up shipping yourself? Ooh, no. Well, I know that you reread um, Harry Potter. I am
0: rereading it's, Harry Potter. I'm almost done yet. with book six. Yes. We're and that, as through. you know,
3: shipping, I think that is like the, the ground zero yeah. for shipping.
0: It's true. Harry and Ginny are finally together. It's very exciting.
3: You saw that coming, didn't you? Is is it not true that Ginny says uh, at one point early on in her first introduction when she sees Harry, in the movies anyway, I'm going to marry him.
0: Oh, I don't think that's in the books, but it's obvious that she likes him from the beginning. Okay.
3: Anyway, I'm going to mention Harry Potter a little later.
0: Good. Okay. Well, wrong series for the moment. Back to Westeros.
3: Yes. Should we just start? Should I run through these? So what are we going to do first?
0: Well, I figured we could start with Daenerys and just kind of go from so there. So, we
3: are going to establish where everybody was the yep. last week. Yeah, where we
0: left off. Yeah. yeah. Which was a long time ago. It was a long time more ago. More than a year
3: was yeah. the finale of season a six. A
0: different world.
3: I know. I would say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> gas was so much more expensive.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's pretty much the only thing that's changed. Uh-huh. If you think about it. like where we were mm-hmm. early summer of 2016 yeah. and now, pretty much uh, gas prices have gone yeah, down. Same Otherwise, deal. everything.
0: Yeah. Maybe sp- Brexit or whatever, but yeah. beyond yeah. that. Something like that. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No
3: other news. I think there's a new flavor of Oreos.
0: Okay, well, with that out of the way... (laughs) <laughs> Daenerys is on her way to Westeros. She's got the dragons. Tyrion is in her hand. She also has some Unsullied and Dothraki. Yes, and she's got everybody: the Martells and the Tyrells yes. and some Greyjoys.
3: Yeah. Well, what's interesting is they. I, I rewatched the last two episodes. Oh, of the good last season, which was interesting. I'm glad someone did. Someone, someone <laughs> has to like keep up the standards right here. <laughs> um, and what was interesting was the one. I think it's the final shot of the last episode, where basically you pan across her sailing army, and it's almost like just going down her inventory. And and so here are the Dothraki and their horses in the holds. Here are the Unsullied all standing there. And I wonder, because everybody in this entire sequence of shots is standing on their ship facing directly forward, like like they're just watching. They're just, standing they're just standing there? They're just standing there looking where they're going. And you wonder, are they going to do that the whole voyage? Because it's like three yeah, weeks. Are yeah. They're just going to stand there and stare forward. So the Dothraki, the Unsullied, then you, have the, you cut to... Um, As you say, the command ship where there's Daenerys next to Tyrion, next to Varys, or Varys is right behind him, which is weird because the last time we saw Varys is he He was was in Dorne, yeah or as we might call it the dry iron islands
1: yes as opposed to wet doors <laughs> exactly
3: <laughs> and I don't know how he got there but clearly like yes he's part of like the inventory so he's got to be there and then of course we finally, have the
1: internet Peter we have the internet have decided how Varys got there oh, how did Varys get there
0: maybe they can aberate Varys can is a merman oh
1: right no, this is a well beloved internet theory to it's
3: to a very good name. meme much has been photoshopped is that why he wears like the long flowing yes. robes have you, you ever cameras? seen his feet <laughs> he picks them up and there's like there's <laughs> he's like a slippers. merman that is hilarious <laughs> I hadn't heard heard that one so anyway that's where he is so then you of course then you have the dragons and the now, dragons of are the dragons. flying about and the last shot of course is the dragons swooping up beyond the virtual camera because it's all cgi and i'm also wondering do the dragons fly the whole way do they ever get to land where do they land on what ship gets the dragon Push. they're now the size of 747 exactly i don't so... think they
0: need to land really i mean eventually i'm sure but they'll be fine for the voyage they get
3: tired project. though
0: no man
3: no, just no, they don't. No, no, no. Do no, you, they're
0: dragons. Do you know
3: that all flying creatures, including birds, uh, g- given the chance, evolve away from flight because flight is so uh, energy expensive? Oh, so That's interesting. why you have ostriches. It was like as soon as any huh. – you, you isolate any bird from a predator. And it will just evolve away from flight because flight is a very evolutionary, energy-expensive evolutionary tactic. So the dragons have got to land and rest, is well, yeah. what I'm saying. Wait,
1: ostriches are better birds? Yeah, that's fascinating. Ostriches that's are amazing. They seem like worse birds. Why don't they have arms? Well, that depends on
3: your standard of bird, right? Okay. I mean, if your standard of bird is a sort of size standard and badassery ostriches are great. If your standard of bird is flitting about, yeah, they suck. <laughs> it's all arbitrary. You
0: know, I recently heard a very interesting story on All Things Considered about how egg shape is determined by flight ability. Really? Yeah, it's fascinating. I I'll love send that you a stuff. link. So that'd yeah, be it's great.
1: We've
3: okay. gone so far off the rails. So <laughs> <great>. I know. <laughs> Get ready, everyone. I can't even Buckle see up. the rails. I don't remember what, what rails <laughs> are. Back to so. Anyway. Okay. So yeah. So that's the end of the last season, and that's where everybody is, and they are heading toward Westeros. It's very exciting. Finally,
0: finally, it's about time. It
3: certainly is.
0: Okay. So Cersei has the crown. Yes. But she's not
3: in good shape. Well, define good again. Once well, again, we have to talk mean, about your standards. Her
0: kids are dead. That's true. And moment Jamie. of silence
1: for the worst king,
0: King Tommen.
3: Yes. <laughs> uh, you know what was funny? I remember um, a lot of times during last season I used to make fun of Tommen and going, Hello, I'm King oh, Tommen. Oh, yeah. You want my way? And there was a moment. He doesn't speak a lot in the last two episodes. But one of the things he says, is he makes his little speech and he says, We've decided there shall be no trial by combat. And literally this is what he sounds like. We have decided there <laughs> shall be no trial by combat. So I was actually... Entirely accurate yep. in my mockery of that. Yep. Did that make you feel bad? It did a little bit. Yeah, but uh, it was also rather sad to see him to see him again yeah. leap from the parapet. Yeah, which was sad. So it's not good. so yes, all her three kids are dead. Somebody pointed out in uh, the one of these astoundingly obsessive recap videos, which make us look like amateurs, mm-hmm. that uh, you know you may remember in the opening sequence of the final episode, uh, the Winds of Winter. Uh, there's a long, long sequence of all the players in. Kings Landing getting dressed and being coming I mean, appointed with their you know there's sort of Jonathan Price as the, as the uh, high sparrow putting on his his what would you call that his shift
0: yeah his robe shift is appropriate yeah. and then his of course there's
3: people being uh, dressed including Cersei and somebody again the obsessive video recapper pointed out that her style of dress is very reminiscent of none other than Tywin Lannister with a very high uh, collar hmm,
1: and mm-hmm. the sort
3: of almost like Marshall shoulder pads. So, yeah. So, clearly that, that was a signal. And by the time, in the last shot of the episode, is she's dressed that way yeah. with her kind of weird, again, military-looking...
1: Armor-esque gown. Exactly. Yeah. Sitting on the floor. Armor-esque So, gown. clearly that it's transformation of her
3: has, was indicated mm-hmm. visually.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, if we head north, yes. we have Zombie John. Zombie yep. John. Who's just in charge now, and it seems resigned to being in charge, because after winning the battle and yeah,
3: he's, running, Ramsey, the he's yeah. running the show, he's running the show. He does seem ambivalent about it, yeah again, yeah. having just watched the episode again last night, he seems like, "I don't know about this. Remember there's that argument with Sansa about who should get the Lord's Chamber, and he's not sure, um, and even the scene where he is declared the king of the North. Um, he is not all that into it. It is clear. He is ambivalent about it.
0: Well, and it seems Sansa is ambivalent about it too, wouldn't you say?
3: Yeah. Sansa is ambivalent about a lot of things, which is strange considering her... Uh, newly found force of action mm-hmm. but she mm-hmm. doesn't seem clear. I mean th- there's there's no shot for example of either of them joining the cheers as the yeah. various right. uh, men and lords around them. Oh I should just say men and of course the great lady Mormont yes, who has the best speech. I had forgotten about that. Our favorite. She is so awesome. I had remembered that she, uh, I remember of course her first appearance when they're trying to gather the army and uh-huh. I remember when you know she appears at the parley before the Battle of the Bastards but I did not remember that great speech she has where she stands up and shames the other lords. You know, you didn't show up for the battle. You didn't show up for the battle. But the House of Mormont stayed true, says the nine-year-old girl. And She's she fantastic. is so
0: great.
1: So good. If she gets the Iron Throne, I'm cool
0: with that.
3: I that. That
1: would totally be fine.
0: So John is king of the north, but it's worth noting he only got it because of help from Knights of the Vale, right? Via yes. Littlefinger, yes. which is potentially problematic looking yes, forward. Yes, it
3: is. Because he's sitting there and we also, of course, had that big moment where I think we, we talked about it in the last recap of the last episode where finally Baelish says what he wants. Mm-hmm. And, and I, watching that scene again, it's so clear that the writer is like, yes, this is a huge reveal because the speech is I have always – every decision I have made – I'm trying to do Baelish voice. Every decision I have made, it has been... You can't blink, ...with one though. vision in mind. I'm not blinking. My <laughs> eyes are pinned open like Malcolm McDowell in okay, Clockwork good, Orange. good. I have had one vision in mind, and that vision, any decision I've made, would it make that vision more likely or less? And like, what's the vision? What's the vision? Come on, tell me. And finally he says, it is me on the Iron Throne next to you. And then he goes in for the creepiest, most unwelcome kiss I have ever seen. Yeah. Ooh. And and even her reaction is kind of ambiguous. And this
0: is in this, in the land of where they're...
3: I believe it's in the it's set in the God'swood at Winterfell.
0: Oh, okay, it's in the God'swood. Yes. For some reason I was placing it in where they keep all the bodies. What is that called? Why can't I want to say the crypt sept. the crypt. Yes. The crypt, not the
3: sept, but the yeah, crypt. Yeah,
0: the crypt. Okay, but it wasn't in the crypt. It, it was, was in the, the crypt. it was in the I it was believe. In the I believe.
3: Okay. I believe. So so th- so now we know Peter Baelish has like laid his cards on the table, which yeah. he's never done before. Um and somebody I was reading uh the New York Times sort of Bring us up to date. Because the paper
1: of record has much to say about Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's very interesting how much they have to say about Game of Thrones. (laughs) Basically, the New
3: York Times is like one-third Game of Thrones, one-third Hamilton, and one-third the destruction of the Republic. That's Uh basically all we got. Sounds about right. I know. But it pointed out something that I had forgotten. There's been so much that's happening that Peter Baelish was, in fact, the one responsible for not only uh, killing off King Joffrey but also killing off uh, John Arryn which was the inciting event of the entire thing. Yep. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. wow! That's
3: why King Robert came north to uh, ask poor old dumb Ned Stark to be his hand, because John Arryn suddenly died, and Peter Baelish did that. We forget that sometimes.
0: Man, how bummed would you be if Peter Baelish ended up on the Iron Throne?
3: It it would not be that satisfying.
0: I think he's going to get to sit in it once, and
1: the dragon's <laughs> just going to burn oh. into a crisp in like a second. Like just for a moment he'll yeah. sit there? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally a second before he dies.
0: <laughs> oh, I would watch that. I so would happily watch
1: that. The Stark siblings are reconverging, mm-hmm. yes. it seems, because we have Arya back on the mainland.
3: Yes. And the last we see of <laughs> her, of course, is she uh, executes... Uh, Walder Frey. Walder Frey. The last thing I want you to see is a smark, a smark, a smark styling at you. <laughs> a stark smiling at you. And that's what she does. I, I wonder, not for the first time, what um, all of this uh, training and badassery is going to do to Arya's mind. You know what I thought about? I know this is a grim thing, but I thought about, like, the child soldiers of Africa, like, what being trained to kill does to their minds. Because that's – yeah, Arya, yeah. That yeah. – oh, boy. Yeah. She's pretty vicious right she's now. She's
0: been through a lot. You know,
3: and she just – and she just, just slices she, – she slashes his throat without even a, a grimace. It's like, ugh.
1: Yeah. She's a little bit Dexter Morgany, I think, this season. It's oh, just the kill list and
3: a lot of, you know, quiet murder. Be careful when she starts making breakfast. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can put a little Dexter theme in there.
3: Yeah, please.
1: Bran is still north of the Wall. Yes. And we think he's probably going to try to go south of the Wall, but...
3: Well, what's interesting, again, I hadn't, for- I hadn't remember this, you may remember that they were rescued after their horrific escape from oh, right! By... The forest by uh, Benjen Stark, yeah. now a kind of undead but still good character. Mostly dead, slightly alive. Exactly. Friendly mm-hmm. Uncle Stark. What was the what was the phrase from uh, Princess Bride? He's only partly dead? He's mostly only dead. mostly dead. He's only alive. mostly dead. Slightly alive, yes. Um, thank you. Why did I ever... <laughs> yeah, man. You? Why did you question know.
0: her? She <laughs> and, had it.
3: And what happens is is he brings them south after rescuing them with his flaming, whatever it is, mace. We had an argument about this. Oh, yeah. It wasn't star. flail. Flail. <laughs> thank
1: you. I got so much flack for you getting that wrong. <laughs> flail <laughs> nerd Stand down Tell internet. Peter. <laughs> you need to tell Peter that's not a mace. It's, it's a, a flail. flail. Exactly. Sorry, now person, we know. who I'm doing an impression
3: of. <laughs> <laughs> pretty accurate. Um, and he leaves them. He sort of takes a Bran, who, remember, can't walk off his horse, and he puts him down next to a tree. And he says, well, good luck. He says, I can't, I can't get over the wall with you because the oh, wall right. has many spells, including the preventing the dead from uh, crossing it. Uh, and I'm dead, so I'm leaving. <laughs> and he leaves, leaving Bran, who is now a full-grown man. He's like over six feet, it seems, that actor, with a young woman. And nothing. No horse. And they have a 700-foot ice wall to get over. And then the last thing that we see Bran do is, of course, he reaches up and touches the weirwood, which is, of course, his access to psychic past. Mm-hmm. And we finally go back and find out who Jon Snow is. Yes. And we learn- I didn't realize that we learned that at the very last moments of the very last episode. Of course. Of they season. held it until held
0: the it. last possible yeah. moment that they yeah. could.
3: So only he knows that. No- only he knows
0: that. Yeah. yeah. John
3: doesn't know that. Daenerys doesn't know that. Nobody knows that. Ned knows that. Ned knows that. Ned's dead.
1: Doesn't Littlefinger think he knows that? There oh, was yes. there was
3: that hint that
0: happened in the in the crypt.
3: Yep. Yes, that, that happened many many <laughs> yeah, episodes. He does ago. side yes. eye about Lyanna Stark. Yes, going like,
0: uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm. she was captured.
1: Uh-huh. Yes, uh-huh. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Sam has made it to the Citadel.
0: He has. He's in the library. He's the last we Sam Gamgee?
1: <laughs> Sam
3: Gamgee. <laughs> Might as well be. There is a <laughs> right? definite. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where he is. And who else is there left?
0: Oh, it, I think we just need a moment of silence for Hodor.
3: Actually. Well, yeah, even though Hodor, of course, uh, disappeared three, like three episodes. Like,
0: yeah, but I mean, it, like, the still, last like, yeah. you know, in terms of people who died in season six, like, he's definitely who I'm the most upset I about. I
3: know. It was very sad to see him go. Yeah. Especially now that, you know, who else is sad about it? Mira. Yeah, because she's got to carry she's John herself womp, with no womp. horse and nothing. How <laughs> she get him over the wall?
0: Here, oh, they'll just, figure it out. I'm not worried about him. She's gonna them. like
3: pull him over his shoulder and start climbing. Jeez, uh,
0: there no. are ways through the base of yeah, the wall. Yeah, they'll get oh. through. They'll I'm not gonna.
3: They're not gonna climb
0: it. Yeah. Okay. In a minute, we will give you some of our predictions of what's to come in season seven. He's dead. He can't talk. Ooh, but ooh, look who knows so much, huh? Well, it just so happens that your friend here is only mostly dead. There's a big difference between mostly dead and all dead. Please open his mouth. Okay, so I actually did this thing where I pulled some clips from each of us yeah. from our last episode that we did. Yeah. I would say this is just like my arbitrary selection of what I found to be the most fun things that each of us said in the last episode. So, with that in mind, here you go.
3: I think the ending, by the way, is going to be just like the ending of the Phantom Tollbooth, where all the forces of knowledge gather together to fight the demons. It'll be very sweet. That is sweet. It is.
0: I just thought we should reflect on that that. for a
1: moment. I know. It's also a moment of Greta being nice to Peter, which (laughs) which feels like an error. If it hadn't been captured on
3: tape, no one would believe it. Uh, it, That, you know, as as sentimental as that sounded, um, it's still probably likely, you know, I mean, in the sense that uh, because it's so obvious that there's this evil force approaching from the north, the demons, and in order to defeat them, all of the characters we've been watching are either going to have to line up or get out of the way. So it's not, I mean, if we end up with a huge battle scene. Which we will. Well, we are eventually, although maybe this, well, I think there are, are battles probably not to come this before time. then. A huge battle scene of all the, all the characters you've been seeing, Dothraki, um, armies of Westeros, the Knights of the Vale, the forces of Dorne, everybody lining up against uh, the, the uh, Knights King. Knight King or Knights King?
1: Knight, Knight King. King. Knight
3: King and his army of the undead. That would not be an unlikely outcome. But, although probably Milo... And ta- talk the dog who ticks mm-hmm. will not be involved. Who yeah, knows? You never, you never know. They yeah, could man. pop up. It could
0: happen. I know. So, speaking of the forces of knowledge, yes. I think that's a good cue for mine, which is this I would like to put money down that Sam will save the day one way or another. He's going to find something in that library that's going to change the game. Right. You agreed with me.
3: I did. <laughs> Weird, I, I right? I, I, I completely blocked out any memory of any comedy or kindness between us. Is, is this is possible. No, I mean only only because Sam has clearly become such a beloved and favorite character. Although we know that doesn't mean anything in this show, it se- it seems so strange that they would take all that time to send him to the library just to put him off the game board.
0: Yeah, I love the idea that he'll discover something over there, and...
3: some weakness of the undead, perhaps, or of the of the uh, the. the uh, Others. No, not the, they call them the White Walkers. I've been reading the book again, too. So, Also, let's
1: not forget who makes these books and makes this show. Nerdy Boys. Nerdy Boys. And so who's actually probably going to save the day? They're nerdy, the nerdy nerdiest boy. boy of them yeah. all. Neville Longbottom. You, know, you exactly. know, I never
3: thought about that. Or maybe I had thought about it, but you're absolutely right. That, that if you wanted to pick one character out of this whole thing who is most like its author, it is Sam. If you've ever seen or heard George R. R. Martin speak, he is Samuel Tarley. He is a big guy who spent a lot of time doing books and never been very good at anything uh, physical. The only thing that uh, George R. R. Martin does not have in common with Samuel Tarly is George R. R. Martin is a big football fan.
0: Oh, interesting. So if
3: uh, if Samuel Tarly expressed, do they have any sports in Westeros? I think they just have toiling. <sighs> toiling. They have toiling, battle, and feasting.
0: Well, yeah, they've got uh,
3: a They've got jousting. Yeah,
0: jousting. I would say is sporting.
3: Yeah, there's no like equivalent of like. I mean, like for example, quidditch. No, 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 nothing no like Quidditch. Quidditch no.
0: Maybe they do things with heads and sticks. I wouldn't be surprised. You're, you're
3: thinking like that game like in the movie, The Man Who Would Be King, where they, they play soccer. Yeah. With polo, with, but it's a yeah, head in a bag. Yeah, that seems yeah, like I, something that would happen. I could that see, would, see that. That like would do that. Game. It's yeah. good to put it
0: in the bag, though. I feel like that's important.
3: Yeah. Otherwise. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, that's fun. So, Trisha, should we listen to your clip? Yeah, because mine
1: is in direct conflict with Peters.
3: Is it? Mm-hmm.
1: I mean the one other area that we could go into and the books I don't think have yet, Peter correct me if I'm wrong, but that the show certainly could, is that we could learn much more about the White Walkers. They could be, for lack of a better term, humanized. They may have You mean like goals. The, You mean like the, <laughs> they the, may have feeling. The,
3: the Night King and his, right. And his lieutenants? Right.
1: So I just want to call a patriarchy jingle on myself for offering you the parenthetical that you may correct me yes. <laughs> while saying something that I was pretty sure was right because I interneted it. Um, but Stop I also, it, Tricia. I also think that it's going to be a long slog with not a lot of stakes if the White Walkers are just zombie demons. I think we need them to have agency. We need to understand them. There needs to be a political element to what they're doing.
3: Otherwise, I'm going to be bored maybe. Well, that's – you're actually bringing up something that we talked about in another context. Uh, sort of the flip side of it is the great thing about Game of Thrones – we talked about this endlessly – is that there's no – as George R. R. Martin himself has said, there's no simple good versus simple evil. They're all people who have good and evil wrapped up in them, people who do good things for evil reasons, people who do evil things for good reasons.
0: Except the White Walkers aren't people yet
3: – We talked about that even with all that wonderful human complexity, which makes everything so interesting, we are ultimately moving toward the same kind of battle that ended the Lord of the Rings, the forces of humanity, good life versus the forces of mindless destruction and death. So my take on that was, well, in the end, it's high fantasy and that's where you go and that's the ultimate stakes, life versus death. And your take is, well, in order to prevent that kind of black and white, we're going to humanize the White Walkers. But it is – it's hard to imagine a scene in which we, we somehow pan back. Maybe maybe they, 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 they take a somebody prisoner and they take him back to their White Walker sort of palace and there's like a little Aww. White Walker mommy with a White Walker baby saying, we're just trying to make a life for our little horrible zombie demons.
1: I'm not saying they're more uh, interesting than the human characters, but part of the point of the show to me is that, like you said, all the humans are very flawed. Yes. And wouldn't it be interesting to end up siding with, or being conflicted about siding with, the White Walkers, who maybe are saving some other greater good by convincing the humans that they have to prepare for winter, that they have to... It's all a climate change analogy, right? Yeah. The whole thing. But it, they don't kill and eat the babies. They turn them into White Walkers. Right. They were made from men by the children of the forest. Yes. So at their core, it seems like maybe they have a Jason and the Argonauts zombie army, but that the White Walkers themselves maybe are fully formed well, beings who have maybe something interesting to say in this next however many episodes. I'm not saying I'm siding with the White Walkers yet,
0: but I'm open to it. I think Benjen, the existence of Benjen in his current iteration, indicates that that could be a possibility. Yeah, But I do find it hard to picture that we're going to come
3: thing, to relate to the, the White only Walkers. The only thing, th- this is what puzzles me, is that So George R. R. Martin, as we have talked about, created this very complex world, this very complete world, this world in which was a reaction to Tolkien's black and white. Great. We all know that. The very first moment in both the TV show and the books was an encounter with uh, a White Walker or an other, as they're called in the books. So clearly they were there from the beginning. He knew his whole plan, which seems to have been laid out really completely, going back and watching some of the first episodes, which I did, included them. Like he always knew that whatever else he was doing with the, with the good and bad and the, and the complex nature of human reality, those guys were waiting in the north. To what end? Uh, to bring it to a Tolkien-like conclusion or to do something like you said, to, to sort of completely subvert the whole notion of finding out, for example, to mix my fantasies, that the orcs are actually kind of decent types despite their large fangs.
0: So, Peter, you mentioned that you watched the last couple of yeah, episodes. You I did. also mentioned that you watched the first Th- this couple is what, This episodes? is what I've been doing in
3: preparation for this, is I watched the last two episodes of season six. Mm-hmm. I watched a couple more episodes from season one, and I, w- I also started reading uh, the second book.
0: <laughs> great. Because
3: great. we remember I'm something of a fam. Okay. Well, and, well that's and, good to know. And, and these are the things I picked up in no, certain, no uncertain order. First of all, uh, the Battle of the Bastards, the episode, the penultimate episode of last season, mm-hmm. is remains one of the greatest episodes of television I have ever seen. And it got better watching it a second time. I cannot think f- of a battle scene in any genre that is better than the Battle of the Bastards.
0: Didn't you see it twice last year? Well? I
3: did. But still, I watched it again and, uh, and, and picked up more things. For example, you will never see a battle scene in which the physical development of what is going on is so clear. Yeah. Even when part of what they do – and there's this – I didn't remember this. There's an amazing, I would say, 90-second shot, continuous shot. must have been done with a lot of CGI of John in the middle of the battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it basically it, – it begins as he, you think he's about to face down the entire army by himself. His own army gallops by him and chaos begins. And it's just him in the middle of this maelstrom. And it is an incredible sequence of just chaos and blood it, it, stuff happens so insanely quickly, and yet it's all clear what's happening, that he's surrounded by death and destruction and metal flying everywhere. Um, and then their predicament at the end as the Bolton shield wall comes, starts, <gasps> yeah. and it's terrifying. Uh, it's just great. I also r- saw something that I had forgotten. We remember the scene in which Sansa, we talked about it, in which Sansa prior to the battle says to Jom, You don't understand. You have to be so careful. You can't do what he wants.
1: Yeah. Don't do what Ramsey
3: wants. Don't play his games. There are two things that I forgot about that scene. One at the beginning, one at the end. The the thing at the beginning is she says to him, oh, all of you men decided to have your council of war and you didn't talk to me, the woman who actually knows him. So there's like an accusation oh, of right. sexism and patriarchy. If she had had a patriarchy jingle, she could have played it. <laughs> Let's play one for Jon Snow. Play one for Jon Snow. The patriarchy speaking, so ladies be quiet. Peter angle is the worst. And she's totally right. And then something I had totally forgotten. Not only does she predict what Ramsay is going to do, pointlessly because he doesn't listen to her. She also predicts that her, their younger brother uh, is going to die. And she's and I had forgotten that. And she's exactly right. She says, "No, he's going to die. He's the last trueborn male heir to, to uh, Winterfell. So of course he's going to go. His I, I'm forgetting his name.
1: Rickon. Rickon.
3: Rickon is going to die. Also, more praise. The sequence in which Rickon dies oh, is yeah, done oh so incredibly well. If you if With you have arrows. yes, oh. if you if you have no life like me, <laughs> go back and rewatch it yeah. because the way they edit it is you think he's safe. There's, you know, you watch he's running. You watch, I'm miming this as I do it. You watch uh, Ramsey firing his arrows. Sometimes he doesn't even look where he's firing. And then there's... I just
1: really wish he had zigzagged.
3: zigzagged. Serpentine, serpentine. Mm. Serpentine young man. And then then as the music builds, you see um, uh, Rickon getting closer and closer to... um, John, and you see all of a sudden Ramsey narrowing his eyes, aiming carefully, holding back the bowstring as he takes more aim, letting it fly. And like, oh, the arrow's going to get him. No, no, it landed next to him. He missed. Yay, yay, yay. He's going to make it. And then right before he runs into his arm, poosh. Yeah. Ugh. So good. It's devastating. Such an amazing piece of filmmaking. Yay, guys. Two things I noticed though at the end.
1: <laughs> yes.
3: Which is that the battle ends with they think, oh, we're in Winterfell. And we're safe, says Ramsey. We have Winterfell. And then the giant knocks the door down and they run in. Yeah. And the then giant. there's a battle. And we have the oh, you giant. I remember the giant. And the giant dies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's, a very, <laughs> there's, a very, there's a very touching moment as John is looking at the giant. And the giant looks at John. And then the giant gets shot in the eye and dies. And it's yeah. really touching. 1 the, 1. The thing doesn't make any sense is it's like all of a sudden the giant bursts in the door. It's a castle. There are guards on the walls. They would have seen the giant coming. True. All right. And here's the last thing. Maybe he had a really big invisibility cloak. There you are. The last thing, you may remember that all last season I was like, why doesn't Sansa tell John about the Knights of the Vale? Why doesn't Uh Sansa tell John about the Knights of the Vale? There's even the moment in the beginning of that episode where Sansa's arguing, don't go, don't go into battle. We need more men.
1: Yep.
3: And John's like, this we is all the men we even. got. This <laughs> is all the men we got. This is all we're ever going to get. This is it. And we got to do it. At which point, Sansa could say, actually, but doesn't. And as I said, the entire reason for that is so you could have the big surprise uh, save. They're all about to be killed by the shield wall and the battle. It's going very, very, very badly. They're all being murdered.
1: And the cavalry and, comes in.
3: And you needed to preserve and they the surprise. roll in. So, how do we address that? Huge failure of actual characterization and motivation. Toward the end, one of their last conversations, it might even be the same conversation where they talk, have talk about who gets the Lord's Chamber. Sansa says, hey, I'm really sorry I didn't tell you about Baelish and the Knights of the Vale. At which point Jon should say, why didn't you? But instead he says, you know, what's really important it was that we all have to be in each other's side right now. We uh-huh. have an, and they embrace. And I'm like, come on. They hug it out. They hug it
0: out. Jeez! It's important for the Starks to stick together, though.
3: The last episode was also excellent in every regard. We've talked a little bit about it about the dressing, about how everybody's organized. the 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 sequence in which um, the episode begins, before we get to uh, what happens in King's Landing, with sort of tying up where we had left off um, over in Marine, which was the city was being attacked Mm -hmm. by. um, And Dario's just. Oh, yeah, On his da- own now. Dari- well, that the happens in this Dario. episode, the poor Dario breakup scene. Yeah. Um, We're going to and- miss Dario. Then it was great. You are.
1: <laughs> Only gonna Greta's going to miss Dario.
3: Miss Dario. <laughs> but it was also really interesting. I mean, it was all great. We know what we love the show. It was all great. It was also really interesting to go back and reread some of the, f- the second book and see some episodes in the first season. Two things. First of all, with the exception of Harry Potter, I cannot think of another popular entertainment in which you actually get to see real people grow up.
2: Hmm.
1: That's right. Yeah. Harry
3: Potter, the first movie, Daniel Radcliffe was, what, 11 or 12. By the end of yeah. the last, he was probably 19 or 21 because, of course. Boyhood long... with magic. Yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, it was really – and it was fascinating to see all those characters. Yeah all those, yeah, all those actors, not just characters, grow up. And it was really interesting. This is the same thing. You go back and there's uh, Arya. I can't think of their actors.
1: Maisie Williams. Maisie Williams. A baby.
3: Yeah. Uh, the actress who plays Sansa. What is her Sophie name? Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner, who said in an interview we shared today that she found out about oral sex.
1: From reading a Game of Thrones script. Oh, right. my. She had
3: no idea wow. that's how young oh. she was when this all began. That's I a love the way she said it. it
1: in the interview, too, because she went, oh, that's a thing people do? Fascinating. Yes.
3: <laughs> it wasn't her reaction like, eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. Oh, but that's a thing? And that's so she adorable. was really that young as a human being, as an actress. and But the difference between Harry Potter and this in this regard in addition
1: is, to oral sex being in, in one to oral series sex being and not, yeah, not the other.
3: Definitely not the other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two differences. Unless you, unless you go into some really dark areas of the internet, but don't do that. Uh-huh. Speaking um, of shipping. Is that the characters in Harry Potter really don't change very much at all. They're, 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 Harry is the same guy at the age of 12 as he is at the age of whatever he is in the last 17, in the last story. He's the same stalwart guy with the same doubts, same with Hermione, same with Draco, mm-hmm. same with Ron. These characters really, really change. That's true. While not losing their essential nature. For example, Sansa, who when we meet her, is this sort of frivolous young woman who who despises uh, everything, who, who's in love with Joffrey and thrilled with pageantry right. and romance. A
1: moody teenage A girl. moody, yeah.
3: Pre-teen even. yeah. yeah. Uh, sh- th- 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 that person still exists by the end of season six radically changed but yeah. it's the same person huh. and that's amazing I cannot think of anything else like that ever other than as I said Harry Potter which, which comes close but mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like that where That we're not- I've said this before but if-, if this whole thing is about one thing it's about parents and children and the yeah. effect of parents on children in fact there is a speech in the last episode where um uh, Daenerys is talking to Arya, not Arya, she's Arya in the book, she's um, uh, Asha in the book. Her, Yara is her name in the TV show, <laughs> Yara and Theon. And she says to him, "says our, our fa- we are the children of terrible fathers, yeah. and they made the world worse, and we're going to make the world better. Which is a nice thing to think, but speaking as someone who went from being a son to a father myself, it's harder than you imagine mm-hmm. to be the better person than your own parent than you think it might be. And that, I think, is if there's one central theme to this show, it is that. Written by a guy who has no children.
1: Hmm. And I think it's one of those things that people assume is going to be easier, like you said, and then there's often overcorrecting. So whatever Daenerys thought was wrong with her father and that she would do differently, she's maybe going too far in the opposite direction. And also it's all still wrapped up in the hubris of thinking that anyone ought to rule. That's the thing that sometimes I forget about this show And then I remember, which is, I actually don't want any of them to be on the Iron Throne because probably nobody should be on the
0: Iron Throne. There shouldn't be an
3: Iron Throne. Yeah, Yeah. which is a thought. And that's also an interesting thought when Peter Baelish says, I want to be in the Iron Throne. Why? Why would anybody want that job? It hasn't really worked out for anybody who's had it for an awfully long time. This is
1: why I think maybe Varys is my favorite character now. Because I feel like he has been (laughs) working behind the scenes. Because he's a merman, (laughs) number one, most important. (laughs) Number two, it's because whereas Baelish seems to be self-interested in his behind-the-scenes power play, Varys, I get the sense, is actually trying to protect the realm. Whether he's successful or not is a different question. But since the early days with his little birds and with Daenerys and with everything he's done, it seems like he's trying to play the powerful, egotistical people who have access to power right. in ways that will result in peace and calmness? Yes. potentially. Yes. in the realm. And yes. it's not his own self-interest. And it's not his own self-interest. Yeah, yeah. in a weird way. And it's you're because right. he doesn't have oh, right. a penis, so he doesn't. Oh, ayo, right. hey, hey, ayo, <laughs>
2: I'm
1: just saying he is not driven by his own desire to procreate or to have power or to have a dynasty that is of his own. Biology, or even right. to and like have wealth is. that can
0: be everyone inherited. Yeah. yeah,
3: and you remember from the very beginning of both the books and the TV show, he was uh, agitating, he was conspiring, if you will, to uh, restore the Targaryens to the throne.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. so that clearly, for agi- peace,
3: yes, for peace, for the realm, yes. as he likes to say.
1: The only one who seems to be Leo Magarying this
3: maybe him and <laughs> We always come back to that. <laughs> we always do. We always come Man, back so to so many
0: good references. This, I know. I know. The, We've uh, done the, very good work.
3: Um, we were talking about like the fact that you are nerds. Friends corrected us mm. on like it wasn't a morning flail. star, it was a flail. And that made me think because I was like this. I was obsessed with a not only, you know, I was obsessed with fantasy. I was a huge Tolkien nerd that takes place in a world which is essentially simple. And part of the simplicity is the way that they fight. Um, we'll put aside the whole Freudian issues of nerds, particularly male nerds, getting really obsessed with long-edged weapons mm-hmm. and we'll just yes, say let's 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 but everything seems so much clearer when it's just guys with swords good guys and bad guys about to have a sword fight and that i think for nerds i think one of the what shall we say distinguishing characteristics of we nerds us nerds is that we find the real world a little overwhelming in its complexities and we don't know how to manage it and so therefore we look at a world where everything is simpler and we imagine that we would do better in that world because think, it makes sense to us.
1: I think, and we should go to voicemails in just a minute yeah, because some people have sent us their predictions, and they're very good. But I would say to that point, nerds do that often with fantasy, but the culture around professional sports or college sports, in particular, oh, I sure, think is serving right. the exact same role. Oh, there is for a huge, a huge swath of the population overlap
3: between sports nerds and bar I think nerds. people
1: are just finding their way. To watch people do battle, to yes, declare a winner and a loser at the exactly. end exactly because that sense of completion is not in the real
3: world. I am, I am also a baseball fan, and I have often thought about that very yeah. thing, that the great thing about baseball is you have winners and you have losers. It's very simple. There's this guy versus that guy. Who's going to win? There there are numbers. <laughs> like yep. that guy won because there there's a numbers. higher number than that guy. <laughs> You're absolutely right.
0: Should we be giving scores to people in In a weird way? We should talk
3: about stats. We could have like a Game of Thrones (laughs) Fantasy League where everybody (laughs) gets to draft. Exactly. Everybody gets to draft their favorite characters. Yeah, that would
0: be pretty Mm, great. All right, in just a minute, we will listen to some voicemails and talk about what we have learned on the interwebs about what might happen in Season 7. Okay, so let's take a listen to some of your dear listener predictions.
2: Hi, I saw your tweet asking for suggestions and hopes and dreams for the upcoming season of your recap show, and I'm going to throw out the suggestions to this. Are there going to be any more books? I wonder about this because, I mean, Germ being famously slow writing, or is it just that, that you know, the, the, the passion is gone because the story is being told on a TV show anyway I look forward to your season coming up and everything else
3: bye germ well, germ or grim um Trisha probably knows more than I do but I'll go first my understanding is that he's reverse in- of patriarchy jungle.
0: reverse patriarchy he still is jingle. going
3: first I don't know <laughs> what man. I'm going to do is I'm going to say you know that more but he's, he's going, going first I'm going to say this and then I'm going to give Trisha the chance to correct me okay that's so better
0: that's a better way of putting it. it's a gift that. in a weird way
3: <laughs> The wisdom of the ages, wrapped up in the body of a short, bold game show host. You're welcome. <laughs> my understanding is that George R. R. Martin has been working on book 104, uh, um, which is called The Winds of Winter for an awfully long time. Yes. And there was a thought that it would come out before last season that obviously hasn't happened. To my knowledge, there is no publication date of this book. I don't
0: Fisher? know that he has any incentive to do it. Yeah, I don't know
1: that he does really either. I mean, he does... I will give him credit that he wrote a bunch of long books already, and he did it at a time when he is capable people weren't of all books. clamoring for them. Mm-hmm. So he has an interest in this story that is separate from our interest in this story. I right. will give
0: him that. That's true.
1: But I do think that his role in the TV show and how well-received and how beloved the TV show is is probably taking the impulse away from doing it quickly,
0: if at all. Yeah. I have a theory. What, credit? He is going to see what happens in season seven on the HBO show. And if we all hate it, then he's going to write a different version and say that's what was supposed to happen. Uh, It's possible. (gasps) I
3: I think Tricia is right that it must be impossible to sit down and do what he did for the first, I guess, technically uh, five books um, and just let his imagination go where he wanted it to go without in conversation and probably not to a good sense with the world, you know, because let's say, for example, um, that he did not like uh, some aspect of the TV show. Well, does he, does he say, well, I don't like that, so I'm not going to do that? Or, or, or maybe he's just like, well, they did that, so I'm not going to. Yeah. Like, that's how the battle of the bastards worked out, but I'm going to do something totally different. How can he write clearly without being in reaction to? Did you ever – Are you guys – I must have mentioned this before. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the book The Silence of the Lambs.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And I absolutely – You assigned
0: that as homework.
3: I did. And I absolutely loathe the sequel to it, which is called Hannibal. Mm-hmm. And one of the problems – I mean, it's just it's just – Awful in all the ways that Silence of the Lambs is great. And one of the reasons, I think, is that Thomas Harris, the author, was reacting to the world which had seen the movie and embraced this character and loved it so much. And he was like, well, you loved it so much, I'm going to screw with you. So, for example, most egregiously, he has uh, Clarice and Hannibal Lecter get together romantically in the book, which thank God they didn't do in the movie, which I've never seen. And that is such a screw you to his own fandom and to the world as a way of like saying, no, this is mine. And yeah. I can make them do whatever I want, no matter what you people want or think is right, because they're mine. Even to the point of, uh, I won't say self-harm, but I'll say counterproductive. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's cutting off your nose to spite yeah, your face. It's, right? it's,
3: it's, it's, like, it's almost like, I mean, I, I often thought of it in the same way as like the ending of Sopranos. Mm. Where it's like everybody's like, you all you all know what's going to happen. You think you know, says uh, David Chase, who created that show. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I'm going to not do anything. I'm going to end it the way I want to end it, and I'm not going to give in to any of your theories, desires, or plans. And I think that must be overwhelming. How do you sit and write clearly and create clearly with all these expectations?
1: Yeah, I can't imagine. I think also I have a theory that the more successful authors become sometimes, not always, the more freedom they're given, and that freedom actually doesn't always make writing better. Good editing makes writing better.
3: talk to Greta, who just read book five. Yeah, we were just
1: talking about that in the context of The Order of the Phoenix. yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really true, especially with these long series, but even with people who are just doing successive works that are separate from each other, the thing that made them brilliant was in part speaking as an editor,
2: they're editors. (laughs) Oh, no question. And so
1: having a whole book where favorite characters don't appear at all because you're meandering, having a whole book where, you know, I mean, it's just no one can tell him no now.
3: Yeah, well, that is... And they
1: really ought to because good writers need great editors. I
3: stopped reading Stephen King around the time where it became clear no one was telling him no. And Mm. you started getting these incredibly bloated books that had like a great book buried in there. inside there yeah. but yep. no one tells Stephen King maybe you want to cut that chapter mm. and uh, that happened a little bit to J.K. Rowling but let's give her credit in that she was dealing with the same thing if I'm not mistaken her I don't remember the timing but certainly the sixth and seventh books came out after the first movie right yeah. they must have so she clearly was able to keep to her vision and bring it to a tremendously satisfying conclusion yeah. despite it becoming you know what, what, what is that there's a famous saying like it, it, it now it belongs to the world that must be something that drives writers crazy to hear that about their work.
1: Okay, and just one voicemail. more voicemail.
2: Hi, this is Lydia in Los Angeles. I called like two days ago because I've been re-listening to the whole season six recap. Um, I'm also calling from the car to make an excellent radio. Thanks, Lydia. I'm listening to 610 and thinking about Jamie and that, But um, I guess book readers, well, some book readers I know think that they sort of botched Jamie's character. When he returned the first time and sort of raped Cersei near Joffrey's dead body. For sure did. See that as it may. Oh. Um, he's really still on a road to redemption as much as he loves his family. And she's gone batshit crazy. And I think this echoes back to theories that the little brother that's going to kill her was never Tyrion, but it was Jamie. Uh, so I fully expect him to come back to King's Landing, rip her a new one, and then maybe stab her in the back if she starts going crazy. Anyway,
3: uh, love you guys. Love anyway. Anyway, love you so. guys. That's okay. um, <laughs> love you too. Keep it up.
0: Bye. Yeah, this is something we actually talked about yeah. a little bit. Last season, as well we as re- the prediction,
3: we remember that Jamie has stabbed a crazy ruler in the back before.
0: The Kingslayer
1: will become the Queenslayer. Yeah, I believe mm-hmm. that this season, absolutely. I also think it's worth clarifying that there's no sort of rape. There is rape yes. and not rape. There is consent or no consent, and Jamie raped Cersei.
3: Right. Um. Do you think that his character has been botched?
1: Having not read the books, but only the internet ex- ex- extensively,
3: yes.
1: <laughs> um. I think that there's still actually. S- some interesting character growth to happen for Jamie. I feel like a lot of other folks are solidifying into who they are, right. have seen a lot of growth in them. But the fact that he lets Pod and Brienne go, the fact that he takes River Run without murdering everyone, yeah. he's not being very Lannister about it all. He's becoming his own man and making his own decisions now that his father is gone and now that his sister has gone
0: round the bend right. to Crazy Town. I think he's got a killer. He's got potential to be a very interesting character this time around. I think
3: Jamie's—I hate to use this phrase—character arc was f- from somebody who, when we met him, was entirely consciousless, amoral, and utterly self—self-centered uh, is not the right word. Uh, he was—he was, he was uh, sufficient to himself. He didn't need anybody else. He had his sister, and, and nobody else mattered. You know, remember that Mm -hmm. early scene of the first season yeah, where he killed his own relative just as a plot to get out of the cage. He thought if he killed him, he'd get out. So he's dead, you know, totally brutal. And remember, the first thing we see him do is throw Bran out the window. And his journey has been about, I hate to use that word, but his development has been about learning that other people matter and developing kind of feelings about other people, uh, most especially and importantly, Brienne. Yeah, And the last thing we see of Jamie in the books is that he's doing stuff very similar to what he's been doing in the TV show in terms of dealing with River Run and the Blackfish and all that. And then Brienne shows up and says, come with me. And he's like, yes. And he runs off with her. So the idea being that that is someone to whom he has loyalty, which is something he has never felt toward anyone but his sister in his whole life. And so we'll see, I guess, if that part of him continues to develop or if... He just goes back, which seems unlikely given the way he looked at Cersei in that last shot, to just like you and me, Cersei, we shall rule the world together as Targaryen-like sister-brother kings. Ugh. Ugh.
0: And it does seem to me that we'll see, I guess, is really the
3: adequate conclusion. Adequate conclusion. I'm going to ask one last question. Sure. Greta, are you excited about this? I am excited. Really? Actually,
0: I watched the trailer recently and was like, oh shit, this is going to be fun.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean this is really a good T V series.
0: It was pretty good. Do you want to talk about
1: the trailer for just a minute? Because yeah. I know a yeah, lot of people are going to be a little bit I than I little i of
3: not little bit of a little bit of a I know of a little bit of a little bit of them <laughs> are listening to Tricia dissect trailers. So yeah, please, Tricia, bit of a
1: little of the internet have of a and zoomed in and CSI'd good people this of the trailer. internet bit trailer a csi bit of a csi c s i of so we know that Danny is heading to Dragonstone because Stannis is not there anymore. Yeah, and there's, and a, there's a
3: shot of her in front of the table.
1: Indeed, the table, and we see it in the distance in one of the shots, which someone pointed out that Dragonstone is built on a deposit of obsidian, which is dragon glass, which is going to come in handy because we must fight the White Walkers. Okay.
3: Yes, Dragonstone cool. is a volcano. Yeah. And, it, and it is defined that in book two because I just read that little bit.
1: So it can be huh. a
0: forge. Are we going towards
3: Who some knows? sort of
1: dragon glass
0: forge? Hadn't thought of that. Because yeah, we were worried the dragons might have to be working in the forge. <laughs> no, also, I'm just picturing them singing like a yeah. Like a I think whole that was something song. you mentioned in the last a dragon episode, episode, actually. Because yeah, if they have to work Oy-o. in the forge, then they're not <laughs> helpful fighting. <laughs> no. Okay, sorry. Go on, Tricia. <laughs> uh,
1: Entertainment Weekly says that Game of oh, Thrones yeah. now holds a record because in one scene in this coming season. They set more stuntmen on fire for a single scene than anyone ever has in all of
3: screen things. You mean that's something that's like gossip from the set? Yeah. Like, we had a shot where we set more stuntmen on fire than anybody else has ever had. That's amazing. put it in the books.
1: Put it in the books. I am
0: excited. The
1: person from the Guinness Book of World Records was there and was like, one, two, three, four, 17 people on fire, you win. Yeah, I guess that's how it happened.
0: I don't know. I read a story in time of a guy who visited the set, and he said that when this big fight happens, yeah. the internet will melt. That was the language mm. he used.
3: You're on Greyjoy. That would not be Exciting. a bad thing, by the way, if the internet were actually yeah. Melt. Well, might, all those I dudes might, on
0: fire. I write
3: more. I write. I might read more books if yeah, that happens. Yeah, that's so. fair.
1: <laughs> you're on Greyjoy.
3: Yes, is the new baddie for yeah, the season. Yes, he has to. Be. Yeah, we talked about. Yeah, it. I think one of you predicted that. I did. You knew, and, I, and I remember thinking then, and as I think now, you're right because they need a new, new baddie for the season yep. in the manner of The Thank sopranos. you.
1: And the actor who is playing Euron, has said that he, this season, will make Ramsay look, quote, like Ooh. a little kid. Ooh. Ooh.
3: Ooh. He's, he's, That's he's, he's
1: throwing it down. But kind of shade.
0: exciting.
1: Uh, this is very exciting. Jim Broadbent, a.k.a. Horace Lugworth from the Harry Potter films, yes. Slughorn,
3: is playing oh, so the Archmaester. Ma- I, I'm just going to say so many more things Oh, the that. Archmaester. He is truly one of the great actors yeah. in, I think, in the world. He's in so many great things. Like, he's in... Um, uh, Moulin Rouge is yep. fantastic so I'm glad to hear it that do he we have, be he'll be fabulous
0: do we have any word on Benedict Cumberbatch though no sightings thus
1: far <gasps> okay. Ed Sheeran is doing a cameo this season <laughs> <laughs> fun Weird. fact
0: Yeah, Ed Sheeran the musician
1: indeed okay. because Maisie yeah, Williams that's right. likes him and he likes that. Game of Thrones uh-huh. in the trailer we see a kiss between Yara Greyjoy and Ellaria Sand which oh. could be for love could be for murder could be for both
3: yes we remember how <laughs> Ellaria Sand likes to kill people
1: with her lips yes but also, maybe they're just like into it. Yeah, you and never maybe know. Maybe it's just but awesome. they're
0: into it. Sometimes have it's... we talked about Yara and Danny hooking up?
3: You did. Yara tried. Oh, okay. And Danny was <laughs> Good, like, "I'm not... glad I did." Yara, when did Yara try? Yara, because I watched, I watched, sort of. I watched the the courtroom, scene, the, the throne room scene, which I mentioned earlier. Like we are both children, Right, of right. fathers. I did not notice any sexual tension, but I am famously oblivious to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: we'll see.
1: Uh, other things we should know, I think, are that. Hang on, let me find
3: the one more. I just want to say that more. Trisha right now is reading from a little notebook yeah. in exactly the manner of Indiana Jones, figuring out <laughs> where to put the staff of Ra in the map room in Raiders, and I love it.
1: Oh, Peter, I wanted to ask you about this one, which is that we have a new character coming who is a Car Stark, a woman who is Alice Carstark.
3: Well, from I know the who the, I know who the Car Starks are. The Car were the family that was led by this guy who uh, Rob executed shortly before the Red Wedding. Oh, right. You may remember that this lord had, this lord had, um, this lord had uh, against Rob's orders, executed some Lannister captives. Because he went against his orders, Rob uh, cut off his head in the manner of his father doing it himself. And because of that, the Karstarks left Rob's army, leading him eventually on to defeat. And that was, that was echoed when one of the lords... Who uh, John was going around trying to get him to help said, "I'm not going to go with you. Rob killed my father, so that's all I know about Carstarks."
1: All right. Well, so we Alice. have a new female character in the North. Megan Parkinson is playing this role, mm-hmm. a new Car Stark who hopefully cool. will be somebody to be a badass White yes. Walker fighting, awesome person. And uh, one of the creators of the show gave a little hint about how soon we might see Danny in Snow. Oh, by yeah. saying that she rides this mechanical bull like thing whenever she's supposed to be riding a dragon, yes, and he's like, she does this for hours and hours every day, and we throw fake snow at her face the whole day, and everybody was like, aha, aha, uh-huh. it in was the North. first time she I've, had I've, snow thrown. I, I, out I a actually while, try right? to
3: avoid this stuff because I'm like, I'm going to watch the TV show anyway, why not be surprised? But um, I did happen to see a shot uh, like taken from like a drone, like somebody spying in the set <laughs> of uh, Daenerys walking. I'll use the actor, I'll use the character names, walking next to Jon Snow. As if in consultation, so th- clearly they're going to meet.
0: Okay. What else you got, Trisha? Is that? I mean, those that's the main it. Points? And just
1: my one thing is that I think my shipping of Tormund, Giant, Spain, and Brienne. Oh, good.
0: I'm glad you're bringing better that up. Come to fruition. Okay. Good. That's th- important. Th-
1: that the love story has to of
3: our time. Something has to happen. That is so awesome.
0: Okay, so we want you also to join the conversation. Don't forget, we have this fancy new hashtag that is #GOTNerdCaps. And Peter is at Peter Seigel on Twitter. We are at Nerdat Podcast. You can also call us and leave us a voicemail. That number is 312-948-4687. I also want to encourage folks
1: on Sunday night after you've watched the oh, show yes. if you have burning questions or reactions call us then mm-hmm. and we will try to get some of those into the Monday morning show yeah, we, we're, yeah. We're, we're taping
3: yeah. these the month we're, go, we're going to start taping these the Monday morning after the Sunday broadcast so if you can get those questions in we will try to address them on Monday
1: exactly you can find us online at wbeZ.org nerd at recaps thanks to spork for beans. Good one. Us a lovely review on Apple
0: Podcast that helps spread the good word about Spork this show. Spork
3: four beans. Spork, Spork four beans. Spork four number four. Number beans. four beans. Yeah. Okay.
0: The show is produced by us with help from Justin Bull. Justin, do you, you have anything you want to add at this moment? You don't have a mic. You want my mic?
3: The show sounds very grandiose.
1: Justin has so, not seen <laughs> Game of Thrones.
3: You know what I think? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch this to Justin right now. Uh, so we're gonna tell you what we'll put it out to the listeners. You think Justin should watch? the episodes of season seven with us or just start from the beginning and check in.
0: I think what we should do is he should start with season 7 and he should do like a 60 second recap at the top of the show that's just like this guy did this thing with this person and I'm not sure who this person that would is be but very they did this funny. thing too and there's some dragons Who the hell is that? Yeah, I why think that could be pretty Why are there so many naked fun, people? You know? Yeah, exactly yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll that's that. I'll, write, uh, I'll write 60 seconds someday, Oh good, so. Justin says he's going to do that <laughs> That should be very fun Our executive producer is Joel Meyer and who has not approved any of this <laughs> <laughs> And our theme music was composed by Andrew Edwards of Blue Police Box Music do We're back, homework. nerds. Winter is here.
3: Yes, I'm glad to be facing it with you. <laughs> yes. Oh,
1: we should say real quick thank you to the Lyric Opera. Oh yes. yes, Lyric Opera.
3: So, some, hopefully, this will go up on uh, iTunes if by now, by the time you're listening to this, is yeah, that what we hope. Yeah, that's
0: and, yeah. If they're listening, it's an iTunes. Yeah, for and, sure. And, they,
3: and well, I mean, the image. Apple Podcast. Oh they, yes, and they will, they will. You will see why we are so grateful to the Lyric Opera.
0: Yes.